few more weeks. We've been planning when to get the tree for St. Swithin's, planning how we're going to decorate it, and also thinking about how we're going to squeeze it in when we've got a ladder in the way at the moment, whilst our projector is broken. Some of us in the staff team have been really thinking about the colour scheme and the overall design. It's really important to some of us. Do you have family traditions for decorating your tree? I do like to stick to an overall design and style, uh, perhaps this one this year. When I married Keith, I inherited the Stuffins family tradition. Theirs was largest, heaviest decorations right at the bottom, then a bit of a gradient, so you have the smaller and more delicate ones right at the top. For some of us, me included, it's really hard to let others share in the creative process, especially if it doesn't quite meet our high standards. When you've got children, friends, or perhaps visitors who call in and offer to help you decorate your tree, it doesn't always turn out quite as you imagined. Enthusiastic decorating, but not quite to a high design standard. I'm afraid that it, sometimes it's just too stressful for me. I have to sneak in after everybody's gone and rearrange the decorations so they fit with my vision. We're finishing our year of walking by the Spirit by focusing on the Advent Spirit over the next four Sundays. And this week, we're reflecting on God's Spirit as creator and sustainer. Our God is an amazingly generous creator. beautiful design. He lets us join in and share in his creation. Some of the things that we contribute are okay, but some of the things we contribute are simply awful. But God does not sneakily take apart what we've done, try to rearrange the mistakes that we've done so that they better fit with his divine vision. He doesn't look at what we've done to the world in despair and like we do when we're an artist or a creator and have something that hasn't turned out quite as we wanted it to be, decide to scrunch it up, throw it away, start again with something new. Our creator God has a plan that is so much bigger than we could really imagine to put things right. Our reading this morning from Genesis 1 takes us right back to the beginning of God's story we see the spirit of God hovering over the formless, empty, and dark world and calling it into being. As God creates each element that is needed to sustain life, we hear that he looks and sees that it is good. But we know we've made a mess of the good and perfect world that God created. Humans are the crowning glory of God's creation, we read that in verses 26 and 27 of Genesis chapter 1. We are created in God's image and given the task of looking after all that God has made. He has provided everything we need to flourish in his interconnected and beautiful world. But we've made a terrible mess, starting with the very first disobedience by Adam and Eve. We've decided to go off on our own way and not God's way. Amazingly, God doesn't abandon everything he has made or give up on us unruly humans, perhaps start again with another, less troublesome creature. But he uses the materials that are already here to rescue us from the mess that we are in. 
In the birth of his son as a baby, he restores creation from within. It is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, fully human and fully God, that enables the recreation of everything that God has made. From the beginning of the New Testament, the Gospel writers show us the interdependence between Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the God of creation. There are Jesus' family trees right at the start of Matthew and Luke's Gospel that remind us that Jesus has come to live with us on earth in order to, to, to complete God's bigger story. In Luke, the family tree stretches all the way back to Adam. John's Gospel starts with a declaration that God the Father created the world through his son Jesus. In John 1 and 1 to 3 we read, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The gospel accounts of Jesus' life are full of events that show that Jesus has the same creator spirit as his father. He has command over the natural order. He turns water into wine, commands storms to stop, heals the sick, gives life to the dead. Jesus has God's word, God's spirit, God's wisdom. He possesses all of God's creative character and qualities. Athanasius was one of the great early church fathers and way back in the fourth century he wrote, the father created the world through the son in the beginning and he is bringing about the salvation and renewal of creation through the self same son. That recreation begins with the action of the Holy Spirit in the conception and then the birth of Jesus. But it is crowned in Jesus' resurrection from death. One way of looking at the bigger narrative arc of God's rescue plan for everything that he has created is to think of it as a chain of dominoes. Cascade of dominoes was set off by Adam and Eve's decision to disobey a God, often referred to as the fall. As a result, the dominoes fall down, tumbling through history. They bring decay, destruction, and death in their wake. At the resurrection of Jesus, the dominoes aren't just stopped from falling down, but the direction is reversed. Death and decay is destroyed. Humanity is redeemed. There is a way to return to the garden and dwell with our creator God. Jesus came to res carry out a rescue mission because the whole created world is worth rescuing. But we do have to recognize that we need rescuing from the downward fall. Jesus promised in John's gospel that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. When we acknowledge Jesus as our Savior and Lord and recognize that through his death and resurrection he has made a way for us to break free from death and decay, we are recreated, renatured, resold, respirited. If we believe and trust in Jesus, he will come to dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. Advent is a time in the church calendar when we look forward to the birth of Jesus at Christmas but we also remember that Jesus has promised that he will return again. 
and God's rescue mission will finally be completed. We live in this in-between time. If we believe and trust in Jesus, we can know that we are reborn or recreated in him. We have the promises, promise that Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit, but we are still living in a broken and suffering world. In Romans chapter eight and verses 18 to 25, Paul speaks about the groaning or sighing as we wait for future freedom and glory to be revealed. It's the same word that was used of Israel when they were in slavery in Egypt, a deep longing to be set free. We often focus on our own humanity, our own suffering in this time of waiting, but Paul reminds us this is just one part of the picture. In Romans 8 and 19 to 22, we see that all creation is groaning and waiting for God to fulfill his purposes. Creation waits in eager anticipation to be liberated because it does have an important part in God's bigger plan and we are caught up in it. Paul reminds us that as we possess the spirit, reminds us that we do possess the spirit but that does not bring an end to our sighing and our longing for the whole world to be set free. Because we are filled with the creator's spirit, we see even more clearly the suffering of the world. Our creator God has made an exquisite world of immeasurable beauty, harmony, and relationship that reflects his character, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he is not going to walk away from it. We may be tempted to think that humanity has made such a mess of the earth that we really can't make a difference but we have been given a commission to care for everything that God has created and to sustain it. Jesus said the two greatest commandments are, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our stewardship of the earth is one way in which we can obey these commandments. These are very simple commandments, but they are really impossible for us to fulfill with our own strength. But as followers of Christ, we do have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us and sustaining us. We can allow the Spirit to renew, restore, and recreate us. Through the action of the Holy Spirit, we can be transformed into the likeness of Jesus and reflect God's character of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Through the choices we make about how we live and the practical actions we take to steward the created world, we can point others to the truth, love, and goodness of our creator God, and the hope we have that he will make all things new. I've taken us all on a bit of a whistle-stop tour of the hope we can have in God's big rescue plan. But I want to finish with three questions for all of us to think about, and I'll leave a little bit of time for it to just um, mull it over in your minds. Do you believe and trust in Jesus to rescue you from death and decay and set you back on the path to recreation and restoration? If you're not sure, we'd really love to pray with you today. Do come to the front at the end of the service, over at the right-hand side here, um, your left, and, and uh, there will be people here who will pray with you. 
Secondly, are you willing to let the Holy Spirit sustain you in this time of waiting and transform you into the likeness of Jesus? And thirdly, what practical action could you take today, just one maybe, to care for creation and through that care point others to our God who is the creator and sustainer of all life? Father God, as we journey through this Advent, may we know you as our creator and sustainer. Thank you, God, that you are faithful. Thank you, God, that you are present. Thank you, God, that you are powerful. Thank you, God, that you are for us. Amen. I'm gonna lead us now in our prayers for the wider world. So let's continue in prayer. Father God, this is your world. It is good and you love it. Everything in it, the mountains, the seas, the plants and every creature gives you joy and reflects your glory. We are sorry for the way we have hurt or ignored your creation. Forgive us and show us how we can live in a way that brings you honor and points other people to you as our creator and sustainer. Amen. Father God, we pray for governments and agencies and others working in areas of the world where food is scarce, harvests have failed, and people are suffering because of the impact of disaster or war. By the grace of your spirit, touch our hearts and the hearts of all who live in comfort and plenty. Make us wise stewards of your gifts, ready to respond and share all the things you have given to each one of us. Father God, we pray for those in our own country and here in the city of Bath who don't know where tomorrow's food will come from, for all who will go hungry so that others can eat. May their hunger be ended, may their needs be filled. In particular, we pray for all who are involved in food banks and the Genesis Food Bank in our local area. Empower them with your Holy Spirit to be your hands and your feet in our community and serve those in crisis with love and compassion. We pray that you bless all those who give to food banks and those who receive gifts from the food bank. Increase the capacity, increase the donations, and help the food to get to those who need it most. Amen. God of hope, who brought love into this world, be the love that dwells between us. God of hope, who brought peace into this world, be the peace that dwells between us. God of hope, who brought joy into this world, be the joy that dwells between us.
God of hope, the rock we stand upon, be the center and the rock and focus of our lives, always and particularly this Advent time. Amen.